watching a lot of these uh, feel-good stories about the soccer players uh, returning home and going back to school and everything like that, and that's all great. I mean, I'm all for them getting rescued, but at least none of the stories I've seen ever even touch on the fact that they're a lot of them may might be weeks before they ever sleep without crying or having nightmares, or maybe the rest of their lives. Oh, shh. You're messing with the narrative, the story arc. We have a story arc here. It was scary. It was dangerous. Now it's happy. Because that's an unbelievable trauma. Right. Days and days and days of uh, facing death as a youngster. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. In you the don't dark. have to dwell on that, but to right. just make it. And now they're home and everything's good. It's like when Elizabeth Smart got, you know, found or various people like right. that. It's, come on, let's let's be real about Simpletons this. Simpletons of the media. Well, here's a complex man indeed. Jim Roop of Westwood One reporting on the anti-Islamophobia program lawsuit in beautiful San Diego, San Diego Unified. Hello, uh, Jim. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Good morning. Uh, glad to have you with us. So if you could, uh, why don't we give just a, a quick catch-up for folks who have not been following this story. Uh, what's the lawsuit all about? Okay, well, a year ago, uh, the San Diego Unified School District, in an attempt to uh, address a report, a study that was sent to them by the uh, Council on American Islamic Relations, that bullying uh, uh, Muslim students are being bullied on campuses. So... Uh, they contacted CARE and said, how do we help with this? And so they adopted this um, anti-Muslim bullying policy on top of their already broad-based program to prevent bullying in the school. Uh, let me jump this- in just very quickly, Jim, and, and let the listening audience know. We'll be talking about CARE at length when Jim exits, but Jim, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so uh, th- what the the lawsuit now is in the fact that they, they believe, parents, this group of parents believes, that CARE has too much influence in public schools in San Diego, that uh, they have uh, purchased a lot of library books on um, uh, Islamic culture, that p- teachers are given resources on Islam, uh, the, all the Muslim holidays are now on the calendar for, uh, for staff, so on and so forth. And the parents are saying, wait a minute, we looked back at the records and we saw that there were two back in 2016, actually one in 2015 and one in 2016, two incidents of a Muslim student being bullied. In, in the entire school system, a, are you saying? Yeah, in the entire, entire public school system in San Diego, whereas they found 11 instances of Jewish kids being bullied at school because of their religion specifically, as the records indicate. So they're wondering why there isn't a program specifically helping people to understand the Jewish culture, along with the Muslim culture or the Catholic culture, Lutheran culture, whatever it may be, African-American culture, whatever, Hispanic culture. They're wondering why that's not. Or how about the scrawny, goofy-looking kid culture that gets bullied a lot? Right, right. And and how yeah. San Diego Unified could be so dumb and so politically correct and so fearful that they went ahead and, and took the cram downs from care. I know some of the policies were, were either stopped immediately or weren't implemented. Uh, others were well, and. Go ahead. San Diego Unified the claims that they stopped communicating with CARE, but the the lawyer for this group of parents found several emails that would indicate that that's not the case, that there are still communication going on, there's still influence that is happening from CARE to the San Diego, Unif- San Diego Unified. And the lawyer for the school district says, look, we don't promote 
uh, any one religion over another. Everyone's welcome to come and talk to us. But we have been told that when certain groups do reach out to the school district, uh, they're either put on an agenda in future meetings or they say okay yeah let's meet and then the meeting is never set up so there is uh, they believe that islam is being favored in this group of parents believe that islam is being favored over anything and everything in the in that school district in san diego how many years we've been talking to you jim it's been a long time hasn't it yeah yeah very long time i'm thinking like michael jackson trial i mean the story's going way way back oj simpson yeah Yeah. oh yeah Yeah. my long time so, uh, getting back to the story with Jim Roop, Westwood One, uh, one of the attorneys involved representing the school district said the parents' group lawsuit was aimed at attacking, quote, the existence of an ongoing relationship between the school district and care that is not inappropriate in any way. Right. It's, first of all, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a long-standing relationship. It's, it, it just began last year. And, uh, well, secondly, I would I would suggest any relationship with care is extremely inappropriate. I will make that case again in a moment or two. But um, so the judge at this point is just hearing arguments about whether um, the suit goes forward. We're in early days, right? The, the, the judges the judge is considering whether this relationship is number one uh, kosher, <laughs> number two whether it is it, it, whether it it. it whether it can even whether care can even be involved because the idea would be they would have to look at muslim bullying incidents not just in the state of california san diego not just the state of california but across the nation because if they can look at muslim bullying incidents uh, across the nation then this relationship between care and public schools in san diego might be allowed to continue oh, I see. because of the potential of Muslim kids being bullied at school. I don't know why you just wouldn't have responded with, we don't allow bullying of anybody, and we try to stop it whenever we sit. See, that's what the parents are arguing. The parents say there's already a broad-based anti-bullying program here, and we're happy with it. If there's a bullying incident, regardless of uh, race, religion, uh, sexual orientation, whatever it is, there's a program to address that already in the school district. This is CARE being very smart at advancing Uh their agenda. And their agenda will be our topic in a moment. Jim Rupa, Westwood (laughs) One. Jim, thanks a million. My pleasure. Thank you. Great to talk to you, my friend. Good on CARE. I mean, I don't agree with them or want them involved in my school or anything, really. But uh, good job by them. They took advantage of soft heads. Yeah. And we're able to manipulate them quite easily. The Council on American-Islamic Relations, or CARE, headquartered in Washington. I will tell you this, and I have this from highly, highly placed sources. You remember in the wake of uh, 9-11, how we, we, the government, we, the people, really were trying to reach out to moderate Muslim groups to build understanding, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and uh, various government agencies, including perhaps the FBI, uh, started a relationship with CARE to build those bridges. Well, it wasn't terribly long after that that the FBI said, uh, no, we're not going to have any association with CARE. Not no mo. That's kind of a funny thing. Let's ask some people about CARE. Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat New York, describes it as an organization, quote, which we know has ties to terrorism. Dick Durbin, Democrat, Illinois, observes that CARE, quote, is unusual in its extreme rhetoric and its associations with groups that are suspect. 
Stephen Pomerantz, FBI's former chief of counterterrorism, notes that, quote, care, its leaders, and its activities effectively give aid to international terrorist groups. Let me interject here. Good job, school administrators, in not even doing even a cursory Google of care before you started taking their... Uh uh, ideas for implementation. Well, they're, to... st- they're standing up for a minority, so they must be good. Any organization that stands up for, because there's oppressors in the world and victims, and the oppressors are always bad, and the victims are always good. Nobody thought we should Google these people and find out who they are. Apparently not. Apparently not. Of particular note are the American Muslims who reject CARES claim to speak on their behalf. The late Sefaldin Ashmawi, publisher of the New Jersey-based Voice of Peace, called Care the champion, quote, of extremists whose views do not represent Islam. Jamal Hassan of the Council for Democracy and Tolerance explains that Care's goal is to spread, quote, Islamic hegemony the world over by hook or by crook. Kamal Nawash, head of the Free Muslims Against Terrorism, finds that Care and similar groups condemn terrorism on the surface while endorsing an ideology that helps foster extremism, adding that, quote, almost all of their members are theocratic Muslims who reject secularism and want to establish Islamic states. There are quite a few more. Good job letting them get a hold of you and say, you're not doing it right. Okay, what would you like us to do? We'll do it the way you want without ever thinking for a second who you are. Tashbi Syed of the Council for Democracy and Tolerance calls CARE, quote, the most accomplished fifth column in the United States. That well, refers to undercover agents trying to overthrow the government. Pretty successful quietly. here. But again, like I said, I think you have to have two, uh, two things. You've got to be really good at what you do as CARE. Then you have to come across incredible softheads who aren't smart enough to even take the time to go. Who's CARE? Does anybody know what CARE is? And Google it and spend a little time looking into it. My final note. Stephen Schwartz at the Center for Islamic Pluralism writes that, quote, care should be considered a foreign-based subversive organization comparable in the Islamist field to the Soviet-controlled I'm sorry, the Soviet Communist Party USA. Again, care is comparable to the Communist Party during the Cold War, which was Soviet-controlled. A little counterpoint, care for its part dismisses all criticism, blaming, blaming negative comments on Muslim bashers right. who, quote, can like, never point to something care has done in its history that is objectionable. Actually, there's much about the organization's history that is objectionable and is readily apparent to anyone who bothers to look. Uh, but so school administrators so worried about being on the wrong side of political correctness jumped at the opportunity to do whatever they say. Sure, we'll put those books in our library. And change our standards for bullying because we don't want you to be unhappy. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's so weak. So weak. So embarrassing. They're uh, so dangerous. F- former communication specialist and civil rights coordinator, Randall Ishmael Royer, an American convert to Islam, uh, today sits in jail on terrorism-related charges. He and 10 other young men, known as the Virginia Jihad Group, were indicted on 41 counts of conspiracy to train for and participate in a violent jihad overseas, et cetera, et cetera. There's much more than this. Pages, pages of this stuff. Boy, they got pretty far, though. Yep. This, it's this century's nightmare. Jihadism. Thank you, thank, Mitt. Thank you, Mitt. Um, <laughs> that just goes to show you what simple-minded saps people can become if they buy this Victim oppressor view of everything. Under dogma. It's a great book. You ought to read it. Um, that, that assumes at every moment, as I said before, that if someone has power, they are automatically bad. And if somebody has less power or they're a minority or something, they're automatically noble. 
and it's it's a dumb childish simpleton point of view and and then you want to it's like the old uh, childhood joke about how do you drive an idiot crazy tell him there's a, a penny in the corner of a round room well you want to drive a politically correct social justice warrior crazy point out that christians are tortured and killed in the middle east and that they're a minority and their heads will explode. Wait a minute. Wait, no, Christians are they're powerful. They're the oppressor. I'm supposed to hate them. How can they be a minority? Which makes them automatically noble. I don't know what to do with this. That's a weird voice they have. I know. It's their stupidity that drives them to <laughs> Unbelievable. San Diego Unified falls for that hokum. Check pretty, yourselves. Pretty embarrassing. Anyway, and the mainstream media does uh, used to especially. They've gotten a little better about it. Citing care as a responsible uh, representative of uh, American Muslims. Assalamu alaikum. That's right, Mr. President. Oh, jeez. There is there's no need for that, Michael. You're sowing the seeds of discord. That's what you're doing. And go ahead, care. Send your angry emails. I've read them before, and I know better. Hmm. You won't fall for it. Nope. Uh, more on how our voting machines are set up to be remotely accessed. Uh, didn't know this till, till No, they're not. Time. No, there's no way to access electronic <laughs> voting machines. Yeah. I've heard the people who make them tell me that, Jack, over and over again. Well, they fessed up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. According to Vanity Fair, White House Chief of Staff John Kelly was irate. With President Trump's comments at his press conference with Vladimir Putin. Okay, that's fair, but also, when isn't this guy irate? (laughs) Every photo of John Kelly looks like he just found out this play has another 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny thing to say. That is a funny thing to say. Which is good, as he is a comedian. Which is perfect. Yeah. It's all Um, coming together, as they say. Before I get to this election machine possible problem... So we've got a guy follows us on the Twitter and the Facebook and listens to us regularly. Thank you for listening. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't know. I don't think he cares. He wanted to come on the show to talk about this. But anyway, I'll leave him anonymous for now. Anyway, he uh, he got banned by Facebook for 30 days because one of his in one of his posts, he had the phrase illegal immigrants are criminals, Hmm. which they are. That got you banned. Facebook banned him for 30 days. Um, they, uh, they, they, he asked him why they said, why they, they gave him the phrase like uh, highlighted. They took his post, highlighted the phrase that got him banned for 30 days. Illegal immigrants are criminals is the phrase, which you can't argue with under any circumstance. Um, I've heard people argue with it. Well, okay. Uh, only people, human beings aren't illegal. It's a civil violation. It's like a, a speeding ticket. Okay. Uh, 
Speeders are criminals. Only you can see this post. If you request a review, we'll have someone take another look at the post. And then you requested a review. I don't know how that turned out. You're going to tell me. So there, there's a story today. Twitter's working really hard on on this for the uh, for for today and leading up to the election on trying to uh, filter out fake news, which is a, a phrase I have a lot of problems with because. There is, there is news that we would all agree is fake. It's just made up. It didn't happen. And then there's interpretation of events that you think is fake, but I think is completely true and vice versa. Right. Um, and you can't throw it all into the same bucket. And uh, I really think Twitter and Facebook, for instance, are going to go way overboard. Facebook especially. Well, if you're not going to allow, allow somebody on Facebook to say illegal immigrants are criminals, you've already gone way too far. Right, right. Speaking of which, the city of San Francisco this week began allowing non-citizens, including illegal immigrants, to register to vote in the November election for the city school board. Illegal immigrants can vote for the school board. That's right. Follows the city's passage of a 2016 ballot measure, gave the right to vote in school board elections to non-U.S. citizens over 18 who live in the city and have children, obviously. Um, the argument being, my kid's going to school here, why wouldn't I have a say in who does what? Or Yeah, I remember in college hearing the argument that, listen, anybody who lives in a place uh, is subject to the laws and the government and ought to have a say. I thought, yeah, but that just that, that removes the, the very concept of citizenship. Um, I've never bought it, but they buy it in San Francisco in terms of the city school board, and it is unquestionably, without a doubt, an intentional step toward registering illegals to vote. Democrat. It's absolutely a strategy. If you could give a Nancy Pelosi sodium pentothal or a little waterboarding or something, she did admit it to you. And uh, this is a good step. I, I salute you for your effectiveness. It's a good strategy. Right-wing talk show host wants to waterboard Nancy Pelosi. Yes, I do. Yes, he does, he replies. <laughs> he doubled down. <laughs> he doubled down. He didn't walk it back. No, I did please. Water boarding old women. Oh, man, she has sounded increasingly incoherent. I didn't get to it the other day, but there was a clip of her addressing some topic, and, man, she barely got through it. Really? And, and listen, I have been a harsh critic of Nancy Pelosi for a very long time. I am feeling a little bad about it now because she is a doddering old lady at the end of her life and does not sound good. Well, how old is she? Really? Isn't she dang near 80? I don't know how long. At some uh, point, you don't you don't function well, quite we as well. All, you know, some of us get uh, you know a long time of coherence. Some of us not so much. Some of us have never been entirely coherent at all. Um, but yeah, she's she's uh, failing, as they say, mm. fading fast. Leader of the Democrat Party. You got to put a bell on her so you know where she's wandered off to. Wow, that's ageism in its worst form. <laughs> what? What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, a battle over Russian meddling is consuming D.C. once again today. We got one of California's biggest parties opening up today as well. And I got to get around to this the connection between dinner time and cancer. Yeah, why, why are you holding off on this? I've been trying to get to it it's all. It's almost dinner time, and you haven't yeah. told us yet. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So all that's on the way. Try to fit all this in. It's very, it's very busy. It's very crowded. It's, you think it's easy taking on the world in four hours? It's not. Mm. Well, actually, that's pretty easy. It's not hard. You're listening to the Armstrong <laughs> and Getty Show. Long and 
short of it is this, that the top voting machine vendor in the country, more people have this company's voting machines than any other company, had been lying to people, it would seem, told the New York Times just in February that um, their equipment was unhackable. There were stories out there that they had remote access software on the system, so you could... The, the people at the, your county could access it remotely, or at least their information could be accessed remotely, which actually would be better because <laughs> you get more of it at once. Uh, all the polling places coming into their one one place. Mm-hmm. But um, it now turns out they, they sent a letter to Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat of Oregon, saying, yes, it's true. Uh, PC Anywhere remote connection software on the, um, on the election uh, equipment uh, the senator, Wyden, and his quote is, it's the worst decision for security short of leaving ballot boxes on a Moscow street, street corner. Wow. And we did this a couple of years ago, thinking we were going to fix the whole uh, hanging uh, chad situation. Oh, yeah. Which was a handful of oldsters. Yeah. That's just, oh, my God. There was no problem with the ballots the way they were before. Just wasn't. But the electronic voting machine people said, hey, 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 opportunity, opportunity. And these and are they expensive. sold the taxpayers yeah. zillions of dollars worth. Maybe it made some bribes slash campaign contributions. And, and it turns out they're unbelievably hackable. So we'll see if that turns into a story. I hope not. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, not letting up. President Trump continuing to blame the media for the fallout after his controversial summit with Russian President Putin. In another tweet today, Trump insists that this summit was a great success and again accused the mainstream media of being fake and of being, quote, the enemy of the people. Oh, boy. Now, during his interview with CBS last night, Trump also said he really doesn't understand what the fuss was all about with his meeting with President Putin and went on again to blame the media. I think I did great at the news conference. I think it was a strong news conference. You have people that said you should have gone up to him, you should have walked up and uh, started screaming in his face. We're living in the real world. Trump going on to add... You do something that's positive and they try and make it as negative as possible. Not all. And I have to say this. Some of the most honorable people I know, some great people are reporters, journalists, etc. But the level of dishonesty in your profession is extremely high. Meanwhile, you've got... Very Trumpian on a number of levels there. Meanwhile, you've got Democrats now on the House floor rallying around Minority Whip Steny Hoyer, chanting USA, USA, as he called for stronger measures to counter Russian election interference. Rise above pandering to party and Putin to act on behalf of our freedom and our security. Yeah, right. There you go. (laughs) And on it goes. Had nearly two dozen soldiers uh, hurt today after they were injured when a tent collapsed at an army base on the central California coast. It actually happened yesterday at Fort Hunter Liggett in Monterey County. The army says a helicopter was coming in to land. It kicked up a lot of dirt, and it actually caused the tent to collapse. That hurt 22 soldiers number of them had to be taken to the hospital. Was it like one of those big giant dining tents or that sort of thing? Apparently so. Apparently so. So anyway, the chopper comes in and knocks over the tent. Comic-Con is now open for business and fun. Over 130,000 badge holders expected to attend the cartoon sci-fi superhero mega show starting today in San Diego. 
The uh, cast of the Marvel movies and the Game of Thrones are not going to be there this time around, but there's going to be fan chats with folks from the new Predator film and TV shows, including Better Call Saul. Thousands of people dressing up as uh, characters expected to bring millions of dollars into the town over the weekend. So, obviously, it's broadened considerably. It's, yeah. There are no superheroes in Better Call Saul. He's a sleazy attorney. Yes. That is true. It has become very much a, almost kind of a trade show with a, a large focus on quote-unquote kind of nerd or geek culture. But it, it certainly expands out beyond that with like the Better Call Saul example. Right, right, right. All right, we've got to get around to this story. I've been promising it all morning. People who eat dinner at least two hours before bed reduce their risk of getting breast and prostate cancer. Yes! Dinner table events. That's right, Mitt. Got a study from the Barcelona Institute for Global Health that observed the link after looking at eating and sleeping habits. They say people... So well, eat dinner at 6, as long as you eat, don't go to bed before 8, which is pretty right, damn early. Right. Or if you go to bed at 11, you'd have to eat dinner at 9, which is pretty late. So it's really not that hard to pull well, this off. At, no, at least two hours. At least two hours. I like know? to wait till about 10 o'clock and just eat till I'm ready to puke <laughs> and just climb into bed. Oh, I that's, feel terrible. That's how I get to sleep. I eat myself to sleep. Oh, yeah. Wow. They, they, I think they're using dinner as shorthand for eating. Like, if you eat more than two hours, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Do you so. know better than the Barcelona Institute for Global Health, Sean? My biggest probably. weakness is that... Oh, my well. biggest... Yeah, he probably does. Because all these studies turn out to be uh, dumb. Whoa, um, Marshall, I am oh, so sorry. Geez, I am so once again. I'm not going to ruin it, but there's plenty of evidence that all Too these studies late. are worse than hearing nothing. They're just dumb. <laughs> but uh, You're the guy who brought me, Marshall, for not getting to the study earlier. Well, I know. We, we all do them for entertainment. But if you want actual science, they're dumb. It's just dumb to follow this stuff at all. Well, this and now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. I can back right, this up with right. reams of literature. I know reams I'm right. Reams of literature on but, this specific topic. No, on the topic of these minor studies, preliminary studies, are right. dumb to look at and assign any value to whatsoever. It's just dumb. This seems to just be reinforcing a lot of the same trends that the time-restrictive eating thing is trying to hammer home. That's, you know, right. elongated times of not my, eating my, is good. The biggest flaw in my right. eating is the fourth meal that I take in <laughs> shortly before bed. That's mm. my biggest flaw in my eating. The, the, the scientists are looking at the effects of circadian rhythms and digestive behaviors. They think there is some sort of in, actual interaction between those two, sure. which is helping to prompt certain cancers. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We need this. Thank you, Marshall, for that contribution to science. and understanding. <laughs> It's that bowl of frosted flakes I have right before bed. If I eliminate that, I'd be in much better shape. That college meal, the fourth meal. Yeah. Extra dinner. But if I don't... midnight pizza. But when I try to eliminate that meal, the something hanging around on the table since dinner, the last of it, Mm. when I eliminate that, I'm too hungry to sleep. (laughs) You're like a bear, a hungry bear. You know, the thing about that fourth meal in college was that was the most delicious food I've ever had. Right. There was more pleasure there than any bite I've ever taken. Yes. I go and eat off my kids' plates because they didn't finish their spaghetti. And it's still sitting there on the table? Yeah, if it is, if I'm in charge. Right. (laughs) Fair enough. He's taking taking full responsibility. Uh, The ESPYs were last night. That's the Oscars for sports, something or other. And the host of the show was Danica Patrick. 
uh, a little of her routine coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There must be some kind of way out of here. The biggest off-season pickup was LeBron James. I mean, who doesn't love LeBron James? He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And now LeBron is the newest Los Angeles transplant. Los Angeles transplant is also what he Googles when he needs new hair. Hey, no. Oh. <laughs> like That's okay. Like LeBron, when he hosted, he made fun of me too. I'd say we're even. J.R. Smith would say we're up by one. That hurt. Oh, I get it. So, it took uh, me a minute. I find Danica Patrick incredibly unlikable. Always have. Mm. She is an annoying presence. Because uh, you don't think women should be allowed to drive race cars? That woman. Poorly. That woman shouldn't be allowed to be Slowly. on screen. Her whole "I'm hot, so therefore I just I don't." I don't made like her that. zillions of dollars. Well, it certainly has. I'd do it if I could. <laughs> Make a living on heck yeah being hot. Heck yeah. And you take off the makeup. You put on your uh, yoga pants and. Throw on a loose T-shirt and go relax and enjoy your money. Hmm. Give the people what they want. That's what I say. So we mentioned this earlier. The, late, the, the, the first polling has come out on how Trump handled the things with Putin and Russia the other day. And Helsinki, you, you know that whole story. And um, I heard something about it. Yeah. So uh, 55% of Americans think he didn't handle it well. But you break it down by party... And uh, it's it's not even close. Overwhelmingly uh, positive reviews from Republicans, overwhelmingly negative views for Democrats. And, wow, that's something. And as we were saying earlier, we don't think that's because all those Republicans actually think he did handle it well. It's just, I'm backing my team because that's my team. Right. It's a tug of war, and they're going to keep pulling. And similarly, loyally, loyally, uh, Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court, candidate has the lowest approval of any Supreme Court justice candidate in uh, in ever since Gallup's been keeping track of it. And I don't believe Democrats actually think he's a bad choice. They just compared to any other conservative leaning yeah, judge. Right. They're yeah. just going to go with I'm sticking with my side. Right. So Isn't we now wonder something? we now wonder if there's any point in polling people anymore since people are going to back their side, even if they don't agree. With themselves in reality. I would think the only purpose would be that if you ever got a result where, say, 53% of Republicans thought the president handled something poorly, that would be such an astounding result that it would, you know... That would mean you really stepped in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, you know, if the president, you know, I I don't know, what would be so completely outrageous that would cause that result? I can't even think of anything that's not, like, obscene. Um, but, yeah, as it is, of course you hate Kavanaugh because you identify as a lefty. Even though he's a thoroughly f- fine, f- responsible fellow, 
and a good judge who leans a little right in the same way that Merrick Garland, who was a perfectly reasonable choice as a Supreme Court court justice, leans a little left. Um, But you can't admit it anymore. You just can't. This is a new phenomenon. This didn't used to happen. Right. So I don't know if there's any point in asking people questions or not. You might as well just ask, are you a Republican or Democrat, and go with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. which, well, well, I love the number that eight percent of Democrats thought that uh, Trump handled the 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 this Helsinki thing great. Really? Wow! Why are you voting Democrat? Also, in the last twenty four hours, bad have looked like from your perspective. Um, did Russia meddle in the twenty sixteen election? Polling on that in the last twenty four hours. 60% of Americans say Russia did meddle in the 2016 election, but fewer than half of Republicans say that, and like 80% of Democrats say that. So. Wow. That one's a little closer, because you got enough Republicans that are saying, yeah, well, can't deny that, I guess. But but less than half. Yeah. Mm. But so then you've got a giant chunk of Republicans. Well, like you'd have to have at least 25% of Republicans who say, yeah, Russia meddled, but the way Trump handled it the other day was spot on. In claiming our intelligence services was wrong, saying that. What? So obviously, see those no numbers don't match up. Right. right. Backing our point that it's more about your tribe than it is about what you really think. Right. And listen, the reason tribes exist is to ward off attacks by the other tribes. And so, yeah, it makes sense. If you feel like you're constantly under savage attack from the other side, you're going to bristle and say, "I think he did great." You thought the, the, the Trump did great in Helsinki? Yeah, I thought he did great. Polling on issues may now be a pointless exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we do with that. Mm, on clearly partisan issues, maybe. Yeah. I think there are some issues that are still worth it. But decreasingly so. No, I mean, if, you, if people understand, oh, I know which way I'm supposed to go on that issue, they'll just give you the stock answer. But, yeah, so if you ask, if you ask, do you think Trump handled this immigration issue properly? Oh, forget it. Yeah. You're not going to find out what people really think. Mm. Just the way it is. Get used to it. Anyway. Anyway. As we were saying. Alexa, play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. Alexa. Like an old friend. Here's our host, Joe Getty. It's kind of hurtful. All right, let's uh, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. Let's begin with uh, Marshall Phillips. Marshall, I got to tell you, the wild turkeys are back in my neighborhood. Oh, that's right. Once I remember again. you being. I remember you being threatened last year. Yeah, first, one looked at you or first, something. Oh, no, they moved onto my. They moved up my car. Oh, that's oh, right. Making right. threatening sounds. Right. <laughs> While well, you're in a thousand pound machine. This is the first time though I've seen them ever roaming around during the summertime in my neighborhood. I see it as another sign of global warming. Mm. But I am going to try and hunt them out. Positive, Sean, your final thought. Yes, news, business, government, food all get better the more local they become, which is why I'm all for Chance the Rapper buying a Chicagoist, a local media thing, looking to uh, hire local people to write about the cities. I, I'm, I think this is great, and I think this is what more cities need to do. Intriguing. Hire local. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, yeah, Saka Baron Cohen's uh, show, What is America on Showtime? You better catch it now, because I think people think his act is... Is over. I think he's done. Yeah, a talented guy, but uh, kind of annoying. Jack, final thought? Yeah, I saw my first back-to-school something or other today, and I remember as a kid when I would see the first back-to-school sign of the uh, the summer and think, oh, my God. 
And now I'm realizing as an adult, that feeling is worse as an adult than it was as a child in terms of, well, that's right. you got to get back on our game and the schedule and the homework and the where do they need to be when. I thought I was past that. It's worse mm. now than it was then. Mm. My final thought is a lot of people wish they lived in sunny California, the Golden State. They wish they could afford to live in California. If you want a little sample of what California is like right now, pour some grease in the bottom of your oven. Then preheat it to 450. Wait till that grease catches fire and starts to smoke. Then open your oven door. Enjoy the 450-degree air that's clogged with smoke. And you, too, will feel like a Californian. At least where I live, it's humid in a way that has yeah. never been before. It feels weird. That's dry as a bone right over here. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Oh, humidity discussions. People love those. <laughs> so many people to thank. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye bye. I don't know what to do with this. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.